Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Gritty Girls. It is Shell and Jeannie here, and we're so excited that you are back with us. How are you doing today, Shell? I'm pretty good. I have a question for you, though. Of course you do. Of course I do. These (laughs) questions. All right. So um, what is something that surprised you about grief? Ooh, what surprised me about grief, I would say, is just how it can hit you out of the blue just doing random things, whether it's grocery shopping, sitting down, trying to read, how all of a sudden you're just overcome by it. Absolutely. I actually would have said something very similar. I think for me, the other thing was how long um, after initial grief it took me to not be tired. Oh, that's a good one because it wears you down. It does. Like, and you think that you're doing really well and then maybe someone in your life loves you enough that they say you're, you're just not coping really well. Right. So as you can tell today, guys, we are going to dive into the topic of grief. And we think as the holidays are coming around, there's probably a lot of us who are facing grief in different capacities. So thanks for joining us on the Gritty Girls, where we get down to the nitty gritty of life, marriage, faith, family, and today, grief. Okay, so this is like not like a super happy topic for us to be talking about, is it? No, it is not. I was actually crying and I was going through grief when I was preparing for this episode. Yeah, um, us too. We have, um, we're even grieving some things today in our own family that is, uh, that's, that's rough. And I think that sometimes we avoid this because it's not a happy or positive topic. And so, uh, really, um, but it's one I think that impacts all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and grief comes in weird ways. And I also think that grief is not always just about the death of someone. Sometimes it's the death of a dream. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the death of a relationship. Mm-hmm. All of those things can can bring about grief. And um, yeah, a job even. I know a lot of friends who have yeah. lost jobs in the last few years. Yeah. Right. And I, um, one of the first places that I uh, always land is in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter five, verse four, where Jesus is preaching his um, famous Sermon on the Mount. And one of the things that he says is, blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. And um, I think that sometimes we're not always sure even what to do with grief um, when our friends are grieving. Mm -hmm. And so um, maybe we'll get back to the topic of grief, but I'd love to start there. What's something that when you were grieving, we both mm-hmm. lost our dads, for those of you who don't know mm-hmm. us, and I, um, I've lost a sibling, you've lost numerous people in your life. Um, what was something that in the early days of grief somebody did that really was um, comforting to you? As simple as it sounds, it was providing food. Okay. And we had people, especially when we were planning my dad's funeral and writing his obituary and things like that, that people were just randomly showing up and bringing us food that they had made or they had bought because they knew that we were there. And the, and the funny thing about grief is you don't even realize you're hungry. Sure. You know, and so you don't even think about, oh gosh, you know, it's time to eat. Mm-hmm. And so just that simple gesture of showing up and providing food and, and honestly not asking, they just showed up with it. Sure. So sure. that was helpful. Okay. 
I think for me it was um, simple things, right? Like um, I I remember um, like someone showed up with my favorite breakfast the morning after my dad passed away, um, like didn't ask, didn't, mm-hmm. didn't, they just showed up at my house and it was, um, it was an easy way for them to be like, I know today, I can't make today any easier, but you're not alone, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a super profound thing for me. Um, yeah, and just people being there, just being present mm-hmm. and knowing that they didn't have to say anything, you know, just but just be there. And I think that's part of the food is like people just showed up sure. and yet they brought something else too. And it was very helpful for me too to process my grief when people would share memories that they mm-hmm. had mm-hmm. and memories that I you know we all have different memories. So just when they would talk about my dad or just mm-hmm. other loved ones about stories that they had, what they remembered, it was just very comforting to me. I remember at my, my grandma's funeral, I was, um, I was a young mom. Um, my son was about nine months old when my grandma passed away. She was 97 and had a rich legacy of life and family and faith. And, when we were at her funeral, my cousin actually during part of the funeral was one of the first times they'd ever experienced it. You know, he stood up and he said, okay, for the next five minutes, would you just turn to your neighbor? And um, my grandma's name was Rebecca. And he said, would you just share your favorite memory of Becky with the person sitting next to you? And it was really cool for me. And I understand not all, not all funerals um, are a celebration of a long life. Right. And so there's different ways that people grieve. But in that moment of, of a woman who had, raised amazing kids and grandkids and had great grandkids and had walked with the Lord faithfully for all of her life. It was really cool to even hear some of her friends share stories about her in that. And it was a, it was a great way for me to feel comfort too mm-hmm. in the missing of hearing stories about her. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so we talked about what kind of surprised you asked me, what surprised me about grief? What has, what has been something that you have learned through the grieving process? Mm. Hmm. I would say that one of the things that I have learned through the grieving process is to uh, say what matters now Mm. Um, and to ensure that there is nothing left unsaid because you're not promised tomorrow. And I think watching, uh, you know, we've lost a lot of family members, even I've lost some friends, um, even lost some students in our ministry, recognizing that the what ifs haunt you in the grief process a lot more than uh, if you've said what needed to be said. And and, uh, we actually in our family... um, my immediate family have adopted the last thing that we say whenever we leave are the words I love you because if something were to ever happen, I want that to be the very last thing that you mm-hmm. that you've heard from me, right? Even if we've been frustrated or if we've had tension or conflict, to not take for granted that I have two weeks to fix it or that I could catch you at lunch next week, but to say what needs to be said in the moment on those topics so that you don't have regret on the other side. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that I learned just because I said it, what surprised me is that it, grief just hits you out of nowhere, you know, and you always hear people tell you, oh, it will get better over time. And, but I still miss my loved ones just like I missed them, you know, when they uh-huh. left. And so I came across, there's this uh, picture and it basically was a picture of a ball in a jar and the ball was grief 
and the jar was you. And basically what it was trying to say is that people tend to believe that grief just, you know, it shrinks over time. But what really happens is you grow Mm -hmm. along with your grief. So your grief may stay the same, but basically the jar just gets bigger and bigger because you grow. It's Mm -hmm. not that your grief diminishes. And I thought that was extremely uh, impactful when I saw that. And then as a nurse, we're all taught stages of grief because you, mm-hmm. you know, need to know how to communicate with your patients and their family members. And I very quickly learned too that the stages of grief, like people tend to think it's a linear process mm-hmm. and it is not. It's like a jumbled mess like spaghetti, mm-hmm. you know? And so just thinking back to how I've been taught and I'm like, well, that was, that was wrong. We've come a lot long way since then. (laughs) I almost think that it's cyclical, right? So if you've never heard that conversation, there's denial, anger, bargaining, depression, acceptance. Is that what you have? That's what I have. Yes, absolutely. So, um, those five stages of grief are real, right? But we go through them at different paces. We go through them at different times. And I like to look at actually all parts of your life, especially your spiritual life, and grief would be part of that, as as a spiral staircase. And you're going to keep coming around back over the topic, but hopefully as you're climbing the staircase to become more like Christ and less like the world, you're actually going at it at a higher level than the last time you did it. So where um, anger might hit you because they missed a holiday, right? And 10 years later, now angers hits you because you're standing at a wedding and they're not there and you're just sad that they're not there, but you're feeling that anger inside. It doesn't mean that you ever get over it. It's just you process it, which would be the same mm-hmm. concept as what you were saying about, mm-hmm. about the jar. And one of the phrases that I um, and my husband have adopted as we've walked through not only our own grief, but grief with um, hundreds of other people over the years is that um, what you're actually finding is a new normal, you know? Mm -hmm. And part of the grief process is understanding how you knew life prior to that moment, whatever the grief is that has come, your life will never look the same again, um, whether it was death or loss or um, hurt. It won't ever look the same. So now you're looking at what is my new normal and how do I begin to adjust to a new way of life that will never look like it did prior to that experience. Oh yeah. So it's grieving a pat, you know, basically your past life Correct. in a way. Yeah. Correct. It's very, very intriguing. Yeah. And I think that, um, uh, Psalm 34, 18 is a, a great pat, a verse right there for you to take, right? If you're, if you're like, I have someone who's grieving or I'm grieving, what do I do? I, I think we get mad at God a lot as human beings because we don't understand and we don't see, but, and we say, where were you? And his promise in Psalm 34, 18 is I'm close to the brokenhearted mm-hmm. and I save those who are crushed in spirit. And I think when you press into that to know and understand, he's not trying to tell you to never live your life without brokenness. What he's saying is in the moment when you mm-hmm. are, you think you're at your absolute worst, I am present with you mm-hmm. and I will walk you through this because I save the people who are crushed in spirit. Oh yeah. And just like crushed in spirit thinking of that, you know, and having read it numerous times before in my life, not really knowing what that really meant until Mm -hmm. you have someone close to you die. And we were talking before the podcast just about 
uh, how old we were when we had lost Mm -hmm. someone who was dear and important to us. And I wasn't, um, I never at a young age, I never lost anybody. It wasn't until I was 28 years old. And in a time span of a year and a half, I had lost an uncle. I had lost one, my only remaining living grandfather. And then both of my grandmothers and my ex-husband all within a year and a half. And that was just, it was crazy. And Mm -hmm. having to process it, having never gone through that before. Um, What about you? Who, how old were you? My, I was in actually first grade when um, my mom lost her parents all within the span of um, less than a few months. And um, so I, we were at my uh, grandpa's funeral. And then a few months later, we were at my grandma's funeral. Um, And then it was, it was a long time after that before I lost another like close family member. Um, but we, uh, you know, my dad, uh, lost his dad when he was 17. And so I always grew up understanding, like my dad carried a grief because he was 17 years old when, when he lost his dad. And I remember getting close to 17 and thinking, what would it be like to not, to not have my dad around anymore? Um, and early in our ministry, we lost some students and, uh, that's a whole different uh, type of grief, right? Uh, we were talking about that a little bit too, just in this conversation and how there's there's grief that comes from a life well lived and then there's a grief that comes because a life was um, just getting started and you almost grieve more the what would have been than the what was. And uh, that's an entirely different kind of of grief. And I think that's an important thing. If you find yourself today in a position where you're grieving something, there is no required path. Like there's no Mm -hmm. hundred steps to no longer grieve. And the path that I'm going to be on on grief is totally different than the path that you're going to be on. And we could put a hundred people in this room, even who have lost the same person and how we process that and how we move forward is going to be really, really different for each one of us. Oh, absolutely. I was thinking about you know, the difference uh, between private grief and public mourning, you know, because everybody responds differently, as you said. And so just because you encounter somebody who has lost somebody and they don't look sad doesn't mean that they're not grieving. Correct. You know, so it's like, don't make any assumptions about what a person is feeling based on what you see happening in their life or what they're posting on social media or anything like that because grief is still there. Right. And grief is different and everyone reaches the point of of grief differently and at different points. And I think that actually leads to a really great thing. When you see something, someone grieving, what are some of the worst things (sighs) that, uh, we're going to go there. What are some (laughs) of the worst things that people have ever said to you. And here's the thing, like I cringe because I guarantee I've probably said some of them, right? As a as a good Christian person who thought they were doing the right thing said some really dumb things in the moment. And um yeah, I think I could write a book of things that have been said. And um so what about you? What are some things that people have said where you're like, "Okay, if you ever are in a grief situation, don't, don't say, say this." Yeah, it's to me it's the cliches. It's the everything happens for a reason. Mm. He's in a better place, place. now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, listen, for the Christ follower, that's true. But that's not the moment when you need to say that, right? That's not the way that it needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe God needed him more than you did. Oh, good gravy. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> There's been, there have been a lot, you know, and I'm guilty of probably saying some of them too. Yeah, just, I, one of my uh, first uh, like griefs as an adult was when I had a miscarriage. And one of the things that um, somebody said to me in the weeks following that was, uh, well, God must have known you couldn't handle four, right? And oh my. Yeah. I think that people with good intentions mm-hmm. sometimes just don't pause to consider how the other person is going to interpret what they have just said. Yes. Yeah. Like, um, uh, yes. So back to the point of the book, like I, when I hear somebody who tells me something, um, in full disclosure, I say, hey, listen, I'm writing a book called Stupid Things Nice People Say. Would you like to have a chapter? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, that's the way that I've come to like the really nice people. We say some really bad things. So um, that then leads me to what are some good things, right? I have a few steps, if you're okay with it, that um, I think that are important for us to help the people around us who might be grieving or maybe we need to um, know ourselves as we're grieving. Oh, I would love to know those. Okay, so um, talk about them. Um, I think we get scared of bringing somebody up because we think that um, it might be a bad day. We might ruin a day, right? The reality is when you've lost someone, especially when the loss is fresh, you're thinking about them all the time anyways. So to say, like I know for me when people would say um, with, with my dad to say things like, you know, your dad, it meant a lot to me when your dad did this. Mm -hmm. Or I saw this the other day and it totally made me think of your dad. It was actually a a comfort to me because they were thinking about my dad too. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just me. So um, number one would be talk about them. Number two would be uh, learn to be the things that you loved about them. Um, And so, right, as if there were things and characteristics about your loved one or your friend that you loved about them, work on becoming those things so that the world is in a better place because you're living those things. Oh, I love that one. Um, I think some things that are pretty normal are like to honor them or do something to remember them mm-hmm. um, and, or have a memory box of them. Uh, but for me, I've, I just saw this actually. Um, someone did it this past week. They'd lost a child yeah. to a significant illness, and it was their child's birthday. And they did something that um, reminded them of their child. And mm-hmm. uh, we both have friends who've lost a child here in our in our local community. And I, he loved dinosaurs and donuts, right? <laughs> and I love that on Teo's birthday, I can look all through my social media, and there's people who are who are eating donuts as a way of just remembering Teo. And I and I think that that's super cool. But to do something. Like on their birthday, those are raw mm-hmm. days, you know. Um, and then personally and intrinsically, I think it's the the memory of understanding that numbness wears off after a time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we actually are so um, blessed by our creator who made our bodies go into survival mode because if we were to try and process a grief all at once, we wouldn't be able to do that. Where mm-hmm. God made our brain that it, it accepts it in slower amounts and that actually Mm -hmm. can lead us to be able to sustain the loss. Oh, absolutely. And like just thinking about the physiological changes, you know, being a nurse that always intrigues me. And I remember a patient that I had who she actually collapsed at her husband's visitation, came to the hospital and had all signs of having a heart attack 
but she didn't have Mm -hmm. any blockages. And it literally, it's called Takasubo syndrome and it's literally broken heart syndrome. Mm -hmm. And that's because of grief. People Mm -hmm. can have such such grief that the strain on the body actually can change the shape of your heart, which prevents blood flow to it, which looks like a heart attack. Wow. Yeah, it's really, so if you are grieving, it's important to find things Mm -hmm. that help you cope. Like, like Shell was saying, remember, talk about, you know, the person that you have lost, um, spend time with other people that can help encourage you and just sit with you mm-hmm. in the grief. Um, it's not meant to go through alone. And and I tell you, like, just thinking about how this just must grieve God's heart, you know, because his original design was not exactly. for this kind of loss, this kind of death to happen. And I remember um, after my daughter was born, uh, so she was born in February and then the losses in my family, those five losses started in March. So just a month after she was born. And I remember going and seeing my grandma and I'm going to get kind of choked up here, guys, going to see my grandma for the last time in Oklahoma. And I was looking at her, you know, and I was getting all teary and she looks at me all brave and she goes, Jeannie, do not be crying over Mm -hmm. me. The only reason that we cry is because we feel sorry for ourselves that we'll never see that person again, that we'll never hear their voice. We'll never touch them again. She's like, but Jeannie, this is not a goodbye. It's a see you later. Mm -hmm. And I know where I'm going and, you know, I'll see you there. Wow. And that was just something that always stuck with me. It's sure. like, so it's like in a way, like when we do lose somebody, it's like, it's, we're not focused on them. We're focused on our loss. Yeah. Because if they're a Christ follower and they're in eternity, they've won. Absolutely. We're, we're the ones who lost. And back to your point, like if you read the story prior to sin, death wasn't part of mm-hmm. God's story. And so when we revolt against this doesn't make sense, you're right, it doesn't make sense because you weren't created to die. Mm-hmm. And uh, you weren't created for these illnesses. You weren't. That's not what we were created for. And that is the hope that Jesus Christ brings is the chance to redeem that and give us eternity and perfection with God. And I, I think that that is where when you come to understand that and when you're walking with Jesus and then you understand what um, they were talking about when, when um, scripture says, we are not as those who grieve without hope, right? Yep, exactly. There is a big difference between grieving and grieving with hope. Mm-hmm. And um that's what doesn't destroy you is the ability to have hope in eternity, hope of knowing that this won't last forever and that one day all wrongs will be righted mm-hmm. together um, in eternity with Jesus. And what a day that will be. Uh, yes, it will. It's so amazing. And I I can't help but think that your dad and my dad have to be hanging out in heaven together. Oh, sure. Having an absolute blast. Well, if you're a person who finds yourself deep in grief today, we just want you to give yourself permission to grieve. It's, it is part of the human experience and it is something that um, is overwhelming and we can stuff it. And if we stuff it, it comes out at different spots or we can choose to embrace the good, the bad, and the ugly that comes with grief and allow God to be close to our brokenhearted as we do that. And that really leads us into our final questions for today, which is what stood out to you? Maybe what's something that we said that is new to you or that you heard differently today? And what is something that you're supposed to do with that information? 
And then last, who is someone you need to share this with? Um, human experience is made to be spent together, not alone. And grief is definitely one of those processes. And so today, if you find yourself isolating um, because your grief is just overwhelming, I hope that you'll have the courage to reach out to someone, to reach out to us, to pray for you, but to realize that you are not alone and you do not have to shoulder your grief alone. So we thank you for joining us for this conversation and hope that we've encouraged your hearts as today we've talked about the topic of grief.